Hey, welcome to Sober Pop, where the conversation always pops. Come hang out with us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific on the Sober Pop Clubhouse, where we talk about all things sober pop culture. If you don't have the Clubhouse app or you miss our live chat, you can catch the replay on all your favorite places to consume a podcast or at thesobercurator.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday night weekly meeting of Sober Pop Culture. Tonight's topic is recovery podcasts and books that we love, but tonight we're going to be focusing on just the podcast. We have three guests that will be with us tonight. Um, Two of the three are here. We will introduce them shortly, Um, but while I am pulling up the calendar for July so you can know what to expect for the rest of the month, I will let Brooke and Katie Mack introduce themselves. Hey everybody, I am Brooke. I'm so excited to be here and chat with some fellow podcasters. I hosted the Seek Purpose podcast for two years. It was so much fun. Um, It's actually how I met Elise and got involved really heavily in the recovery uh, community online, which has just been so incredible. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Um, Anybody that is in the audience right now, uh, we will be opening it up for you guys to ask questions after we let our podcasters introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their shows. And uh, yeah, if you are new to Clubhouse, I see a couple of people here with um, your little party popper things. So that's telling me you're new. So to get on stage, there's a little hand you'll see at the bottom. You click the hand, it'll raise the hand, and then we'll know that you want to come up on stage and we can invite you. There's also a little microphone here. When you are on stage, you can uh, click the microphone to mute yourself, which we ask you just mute yourself unless it's your time to share to avoid background noise. And if you want to clap for anything, you can press your microphone button on and off and on and off and on and off. And that tells us that you are clapping and excited. Thank you for the demonstration, Katie Mack. That is all I got. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to uh, hear what everyone here has to say. Hi, all. My name is Katie Mack. I'm the Vanna White for Brooke. Um, that'll be my new official title. Uh, Brooke is also an incredible DJ, as we've witnessed. Nicely done. Uh, I'm the creator and founder of Fucking Sober Season 1, and I say that to say that Season 2 is now underway, ladies and gentlemen. We are in full flood. We have a full team now. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Hold your uh, a blinking applause. Um, and I'm so excited to hear these people. Um mostly to sit in the space with these people because as the medium of podcasting takes takes on, I feel very awkwardly close with all three of our guests and I'm ready to ask them some awkward questions. So this is really what Clubhouse is for. We do Clubhouse so I can ask people strange questions and pick on Elise and Brooke. My favorite night of the week, Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen, Elise, take it away. Thank you, Katie Mack. Um, just a few short of announcements for the week. We do have the July calendar up at thesobercurator.com. But just to give you a glimpse at the month ahead, next Wednesday, um, oh, psych, I forgot to do next Wednesday. Next Wednesday will be a surprise. Um, but the following Wednesday, July 14th, we are going to talk, we're going to get a little more serious, a little less pop culture, a little more serious. We're going to talk about mental health, spirituality, and wellness. This is at the request of Pop Buchanan, also known by Monk Healing, also known by Sober is Dope. Um, so come and get spiritual with us uh, and, and talk about your mental health on the 14th. On the 21st, we are talking about Add to Cart, my favorite topic, trends from small businesses that support the recovery community. And then back by popular demand, we have our next sober comedy show with four new sober comedians coming on July 28th to close out the month. Um, As a reminder, this conversation is being recorded, and uh, if you want to catch up on any of our past conversations, you can hear uh, Sober Pop, the playback, uh, on Anchor and Spotify. I am really excited. We have three podcast guests with us tonight, um, and I'm excited to hear from each of them on their story about how they got started, um, you know, how they intertwine recovery or uh, uh, freedom from alcohol into their podcast. And I'll let you know who we have coming up. We have Marcos with For All Drinks, 
We have Chelsea with the Any Which Way podcast. And then we have one of our own sober curators, Justin Lamb, with Friend Request podcast. So, Marcos, would you like to go first? Take about five minutes and tell us about yourself and your podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, Elise, and congrats for uh, always bringing some amazing people together and all the content and work that you do. My name is Marco Salazar, and I am the founder of a social impact company called For All Drinks. And the whole purpose of For All Drinks is to help people discover delicious non-alcoholic beverages to lead a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. So the podcast is one element of For All Drinks. Um, the reason it really started was um, when I started reevaluating my relationship with drinking and just recognizing that it wasn't serving me, um, I love making cocktails and I love serving people. So ended up looking about a year and a half ago to see what was available for non-alcoholic drinks. And in the U.S., there weren't that many or it was very hard to find. It's very different today. Um, and recognized that people were searching for delicious non-alcoholic drinks that are available, but it's very hard to find. And that's really the, where oral drinks really emerged from. Um, it was actually going to be more of an event and community uh, in person. Um, I have a partnership with a space that has a 200-person uh, uh, event space in the middle of New York. So we were going to do alcohol-free speakeasies, pop-up bars. We were going to do uh, dances. We were going to do karaoke. We were going to do all these kind of things, and then COVID hit. So we turned everything virtual, and that's really where the podcast became front and center of creating content, interviewing the most innovative uh, entrepreneurs that are creating all these amazing non-alcoholic beverages and all these varieties in non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, um, and ready-to-drink beverages. Um, but we have continued to do regular um, alcohol-free events, uh, virtual. So one, uh, we would do a lot of non-alcoholic beer um, fest uh, festivals or beer tastings. We've done some non-alcoholic uh, wine tastings, some mixology workshops, um, alcohol-free cocktails. And then this past January, we launched the first Dry January Festival, that was a set of virtual events and content for the entire month to really support those people who are deciding to take a break from booze and hopefully give them the support and the community and the resources to continue on past January. So um, love podcasting. I'm about to launch two others in the next six months. I run another company called Be Social Change that helps people uh, build social impact careers and lead more sustainable lifestyles. And we're going to be focusing on a new podcast about uh, fulfilling work. So that's one little side thing. So again, thanks so much for having me. My name is Marcos and I am done. Thank you so much, Marcos. That was great. Um, I know we're going to have lots of questions, but Chelsea, let's go ahead and hear from you next. Hello, I'm Chelsea. Um, I guess I, I don't really know how to explain any which way podcast like because it literally it, it just goes any which way um we it was um it was my best friend and I were both in recovery and we've been talking about doing a podcast for just a couple years um and because we're for me I'm just like a good talker um I'm a I'm a good planner um but the doing part like is not has not been part of my like forte um so we began recording um, a few months before the pandemic hit and like it was like kind of just for fun for us and like it, for me it really really represented like a step um, in just taking an actual step like for myself um, and and doing something about it and it was such a little thing but like it part just such I don't know a transformation um but the, the the podcast itself that you know we just inevitably like everything kind of goes back to recovery when you like live it for this long I have my sobriety at 311 2015 um and so it, yeah it was just any which way we tell people they're like well what is it about I'm like anything <laughs> We literally just talk. Um, and, you know, and, and it was really important for me, especially during the pandemic, because I, my family doesn't like 
I couldn't see my family. Um, Nick was the only person that I was seeing every week besides my coworkers. And it just kept us sane. Um, and it sparked this love like that I already had for um, podcasts and like that avenue. And then I'm uh, in kind of development for a new podcast now. And it actually like has a direction of where it's going and that kind of stuff. But I, it, it, it really started like, putting the connections together for me um, that I can do it. Um, and I like, you know, I want to pursue um, stand up and I'm like, now I'm writing jokes and like, it's just, it's been so empowering, I think for me. And um, yeah, I think that's all that I have for at the moment. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Chelsea. And Justin, now we want to hear from you. Hey, guys, this is Justin Lamb. I am the host of Friend Request. Uh, Friend Request is a podcast. We are actually just starting our third season at the end of the summer. So I'm actually in the middle of a summer series right now on entrepreneurs and small business owners. But uh, normally, during the regular season, my podcast is uh, started out with me interviewing my Facebook friends. I said, how well do I know these people in my in my comment feeds and, and the people that are liking statuses? And, you know, at the time that I'm getting in arguments with, you know, what's this surface level relationship look like? And I set up some interviews and I started the show. And within a few episodes, it was very clear that the show is about uh, mental health. It's about the human experience and listening to each episode and having the privilege to being the host of the show. I get to really create this new culture of, of people that become more empathetic by listening to other people's stories and other people have just amazing stories. And most people tell me, Oh, I don't have anything interesting to say. And then it's like the highest downloaded episode. <laughs> people severely underestimate themselves and where recovery comes in is I have been sober for just over two years. I just celebrated two years on June 24th and I, was very open about that throughout my entire podcast. I have early on, I have an alcohol episode that goes about how I made the decision to stop drinking and what that looks like. And I shared that as I go on. And with that guests that have come on have opened up about that with me. So I have a number of episodes that uh, have a lot to do with sobriety, whether it be from alcohol or opiates or any number of other things, uh, you know, people in our lives that we might not even know have struggled with these things. Uh, throughout their whole lives and you find out when I when I talk to them and it's really really rewarding and it's great and I love it and it, it's doing well and it's the best thing that I've ever done with my time and I've done four billion different creative endeavors over my life um, so I encourage you to give it a listen if you would like but I've learned so much from other people uh, on the podcast and now on Clubhouse and I love sharing that and answering questions and learning more from everyone here I want to do a special shout out to my boy Milton in the audience. Hey, Milton, how you doing? <laughs> and that's it. I'm Justin. I'm done speaking. Thank you, Justin. Um, sorry for my background noise. I have an industrial size fan going um, because I'm in Seattle and we have been having a heat a heat wave here. And I am incredibly hot and trying to keep my dogs cool down. So I'm going to speak limited tonight. Um, but thank you each for describing uh, your podcast. Uh, Marcos, my first question to you is, do you have a favorite alcohol-free um, spirit company? Uh, are you even? Can you even say that you have a favorite? Or do you have a go-to mocktail that you personally enjoy? Yeah, that's a great question. I can totally – I mean, fortunately, I'm able to – to get to, I've got a chance to know all of the brands. And if you're in the U.S., there's probably about 120 non-alcoholic beverage brands at the moment. But pr about a year and a half ago, I would say that was a fourth, uh, even as that. So one of the most amazing things right now is there's just so many options available. And I kind of break them down into kind of the four categories. Uh, beer, wine, spirits, and, um, uh, and ready to drink. And the beers are much further along. You can get some of the most amazing non-alcoholic beers that taste just as good, if not better, than any beer that you would have to get with alcohol. Um, 
I love one of my favorite things to do, um, and I'm an athletic brewing brewery fan, is to um, either switch beers or just send people that I know or family members that just drink beer regularly and just send them a six pack of athletic, and then their entire uh, drinking behavior is shifted and they start switching to non-alcoholic beer. Um, if you're in, and again, most most maybe most people are in the U.S. Um, Monday Gin. There's a lot of gins out there, and you can make a lot of great cocktails. Monday Gin is the only gin that non-alcoholic gin that I will drink straight up because it's that delicious, and it's even better tasting than normal other normal gins. It's just got it's just bold. It's got a lot of really good flavor. And then you can mix it into anything. Wine is still a little iffy. That's just not the place where the NA beverage space is as innovated just yet. But there is um, some good rosés and then naughty. Um, naughty uh, champagne as well as their sparkling wine, as well as the rosé is really, really, really good. Um, so I would say those are the ones that I that um, I love the most. The one that's a pure, so non-alcoholic beer has 0.05 um, alcohol, but a banana, ripe banana has about 0.07. So actually has more alcohol content than a non-alcoholic beer. Um, but if you want to go strictly zero proof, one of the things that I love doing that actually has a really good kick is there's a company called Element Shrub, and Shrub is made from apple cider vinegar, fruit, and a little bit of sugar. But the apple cider vinegar gives it this really kind of bold flavor. And Element Shrub has all these amazing flavors like blood orange saffron. I'm actually drinking a um, blueberry rosemary shot of a, a shrub mixed with club soda, and it's like my go-to regular drink. So fortunately, we're in a place where there is more and more variety today, both in terms of substitutes, but also a whole mass of new types of non-alcoholic beverages that don't even fit into the category of alcohol. So we're in this really great kind of beginning of a renaissance that now people have more options um, when they're in recovery, when they're wanting to drink healthier, or just be much more mindful or intentional about what they drink. Uh, my name is Marcus, and I am done. Ah. Uh. Marcos, I just got to tell you, I don't know if anyone's ever told you this, but they're going to start after I say this. You sound like Malcolm Gladwell. And that was the first thing I thought when I was listening to your podcast. The second thing I thought was never during my drinking days would I ever care so much about all of the nuances um, in, in any of these alcohols. And then listening to you talk made me actually care and also me knowing that there's no alcohol in it and listening to all the like the true love that you have behind all these drinks makes me love it. So I'm still an alcoholic through and through. And I just, you know, I'm like, does it taste like beer? Okay, cool. That sounds good. But I love your love for it. And like, it just translates in that like tiny moment and your delivery of it all. I mean, if anybody wants to dork out about this stuff, all I want to do is like sit, I want to be a fly on the wall and watch a bunch of people talk about cardamom. That's really, that's all I want. And I just want to say, Marcos, you make it sound really exciting. Um, uh, I want <laughs> Thank you so wanted, much. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm going to hope the Malcolm Gladwell thing is a compliment. Uh, it's just, it really was just my first thought. And um, I just want someone else to agree with me at some point during this. So there you go. There's your cue. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop with the excessive. I'm going to softball this next question over to Chelsea. Chelsea, you and Nick have a really special relationship. And I was going to ask you to unpack that a little bit. Um, kind of what, what makes that so special to you guys? But more, I think I was jazzed to hear about your favorite um, uh, uh, guest on the show and then maybe who your fantasy guest is. And then, of course, uh, ask any of uh, uh, Justin or Marcos um, who their fantasy uh, guest on our podcast might be. Take it away, Chelsea. Well, I guess we like um, my favorite guest. I'm starting with that part. because That's all I can remember. Um, my, my favorite guest, um, we've only had a couple of like guests in on our podcast, like, cause it was just us during COVID. Um, and, but before, um, the shutdown of the planet, we did have, um, a member of Cashed Out, which is like a reggae band on, he's a mutual friend. And, um, that was really cool that he came on and told some jokes and, um, it was really cool. Um, ideal guest. I mean, like in a, like a fantasy world, I would just like love to just sit across from Dak Shepard and stare into his soul and obviously talk recovery. Um, and 
um, Nick and my relationship, I, I, I just think it's so special. Um, because one, it's male, female is like, for me, like, it's huge. Um, and, and he is just like, he's my like person. Um, but yeah, we, we have just like a cool rapport on the podcast and like, it, I think it translates like our connection in the podcast and stuff because I, we've had like mutual friends and like, you know, people like tell us, um, about it, but I, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, but I, yeah, if it was like fantasy world, it would be like the Kings of sober podcast. Like I would love to like sit with Russell Brand and like pick his beautiful brain. Um, and yeah, I think that's all we have for the moment. <laughs> No, that's beautiful. Chelsea, thank you so much. I, I was thinking about the most recent episode when you guys interviewed Cameron and you were all you you were you and Nick were just both so excited to have another person there. And so that made me just get more excited for the future hosts or sorry, future guests that you guys will have in your show. And yes, it definitely translates that that relationship. Um, Marcos and Justin, um, any fantasy guests on your show or maybe favorite guests or episodes? I mean, she took Dax Shepard from me. How dare you? Uh, I think it almost, it almost feels like uh like cliche, but I would love it. Um, you know, I'm a big armchair expert fan and that would be fantastic. But uh, also if we want to get deep, my favorite uh, living or dead guest would be my father. <laughs> to bring the room down. Uh, I just, you know, on the interview aspect that I do, I, I really, I thought about that and someone asked me that before and it might have been Milton in the audience <laughs> on a podcast that I was on who my dream guest would be in live or dead and that would be amazing to me because I did not have a good relationship with him and he is an alcoholic and he's been dead for like six years now and uh, you know I try to find out information about him from his sisters and my mom and stuff and nobody knows themselves better than themselves so that would be cool but I'll bring you back up and say I would also love to interview Nev Campbell. It is a childhood crush, but I feel like I have good questions and good interview skills, and I could really make that uh, the highlight of her entire career. That's right. I'm going to say it. Uh, that would be so much fun. Um, yeah, and, and damn you, Dax Shepard. Damn you to hell. Uh, Marcus, I got to say, I'm drinking a free wave by Athletic right now, too. And, nice. Uh, yeah, so I, I do the non-alcoholic beer reviews for – sober uh, curator so i i love everything you're doing <laughs> thank you uh yeah i'm done speaking that's awesome that's awesome i love hearing that um i mean when you when you first heard the question my first reaction was michael jordan because i'm a michael jordan fan and that's probably a common thing to say i mean the ironic thing is that michael jordan didn't used to drink alcohol uh most of the time i think throughout most of his career um, just because he wanted to stay so healthy and he was just so disciplined. And if you've ever seen The Last Dance, you'll see his drive. And then the ironic thing is dur during The Last Dance, he's pretty puffed up. And you can also see this massive glass of whiskey or bourbon. And that's probably one of the reasons why he doesn't look that healthy uh, during The Last Dance. But when it comes to sober um, or recovery or anything in that space, um, I think there's some really interesting celebrities that would be uh, that would be fun to interview, whether that's Brad Pitt, who decided to go sober because uh, he was drinking so much and it led to his divorce to Angelina Jolie. Bradley Cooper is another one. Um, and I'm working on a little project that's actually going to be infinitely bigger than four all drinks that is probably going to bring many of those people into the sobriety and kind of non-alcoholic non uh, drink space in the next couple of years. So that might be a possibility. Um, I'll keep you all updated. It'll be something I'm going to share in probably about two or three months. But I think there's an opportunity to bring in a lot of the sober celebrities to help us grow um, the awareness of the non-alcoholic beverage space. I love this. Sorry, so Marcos, I'm done. 
Thank you, Marcos. Um, when you started talking about your speakeasy in the beginning here and like sober karaoke, I am so, so interested in that. So if you ever feel like hosting an event up here in Canada, um, please, please let me know because I need I need some fun. We're just we're just opening up things here in BC. Um, and I, I can't wait. I used to host karaoke for a living and getting sober, like everything in my life changed. So it'd be nice to have that back. Um, where, where in where in where in BC? I'm in Vancouver, like just just uh, out of Vancouver. It's called Port Moody. Interesting, because as a side note, the other the, the same thing, the secret project that I'm working on is going to allow us to be able to do pop ups across. We're both we're going to do it in the U.S. and in Canada. So I don't know. That's probably going to be about a 2022, 2023. But that is going to be coming to cities, and Vancouver is one that I want to visit. So we might end up doing it there. Wow. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive. That was a quick, quick manifestation there. <laughs> um, yeah, that I love hearing about who you guys are uh, interested in in interviewing. Doc Shepard would definitely be on my list too. I actually made a list of like everyone I wanted to interview, and like four of them have come true already, which is just so cool. So make put it out there; it will happen. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I've got a, a two year old that wants to get in on this action. Uh, my question, Chelsea, I would love. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to have to get off for a sec. My kid's just going into something. Take it away, Elise. <laughs> oh, that's why there's three of us, because we never know what's going to happen. Um, okay. These have been great answers. Man, I need a question really quickly. Okay. I would like to hear about the kind of equipment that you use, if you have any equipment that is that you are like, I swear by this microphone or I swear by this whatever. I would like to hear about that to all three of our guests. I mean, I'll jump in there because I, I recorded music for years and years before I recorded a podcast. So when I had an idea for a podcast, first podcast I did, I was still drinking. So I got the idea when I was drunk and just walked downstairs and hit record on setup I already had. But since starting, I use uh, Shure SM7B microphones. I saved up to buy them. I love them so much. Um, they're just fantastic and um, all my other equipment is music related and I wouldn't recommend it for anyone that just wants to do podcasting but those microphones I had to give a shout out to because I don't know maybe one day sure will hear me and reimburse me for the cost of them but I love them so much uh, that is my that's my take on that And I can share, um, we use Shores as well, but we actually do, I think you just mentioned, sorry, I was going to go get Shores. Did you say you, ha you use the SM58, Justin? No, the SM7B. Gotcha, gotcha. So what, so before For All Drinks, I, as I mentioned earlier, I owned another company. I still do, and I co-run it with my fiancé called Be Social Change. And we hosted about five to seven live events um, every a month and about eight to 10 professional development workshops, helping people going to dive into the social impact space. So for these live events, we do panel events, fireside networking. And then when we were doing our panels, we started recording all our podcasts. So we, I mean, started recording all the events and eventually was going to turn it, return into podcasts. So we had a lot of live event um, uh, equipment and the, the S the sure SM 58 is like one of those professional quality singing microphones and they are they run about a hundred bucks a piece so they are a little bit expensive but they are pretty amazing microphones um so we use that and then we use a uh, zoom h6 uh to put the uh to have all the microphones go into that and that's just kind of the main piece of equipment and then just kind of plug it into the to the mac and it's a pretty portable setup i am most likely it it does they are a little heavy, but the um, I'm thinking about getting there's I don't remember the name of the uh, piece of equipment, but it's like a new version of like a headset. And I've seen a couple of podcasters starting to wear these headsets and headsets can kind of be OK. There might be a little bit of feedback, but there's one in particular that just came out, but it's pretty pricey. It's about 350, but they are just completely hands free. And it, it, it sounds just like some of the top microphones. So kind of saving up for that one because that's going to be much easier to, to take around. So so that's me. I'm done. 
So <laughs> I am in such an infancy stage of beginning like podcasting. I do have two um, blue snowballs, like your average, like very like starter um, microphones. And I think we started with like a blue also like bluebird. I really like the blue products. I'm getting like a blue Yeti. It's just their basic kind of stuff for me, um, you know, like, because I'm still, like, inching into that world. Um, but, yeah, it's super accessible. People, I mean, people record their podcasts on their, their iPhones and stuff, you know. So I feel like, um, yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I will say in addition to kind of the core hardware equipment is that and I've experimented with a number of things and what we found that's best so far, um, just in terms of panels and a number of other things, because we also host live events and we're going to be doing that, is Zoom with its new high fidelity feature. And then we use the script in order to um, edit all our podcasts. Um, it's probably, if you haven't heard of the script, it's unbelievable because you just upload the audio. It will translate everything into essentially a Google Doc. And then you edit the audio by actually editing, editing the words. So it removes hours and hours of uh, time editing. And then it has this feature where in a click of a button, it removes all the filler words, so all the ums and likes and everything that you hear. And then after that, we, we do use um, uh, Podbean for hosts. And the reason we use that is because it's the only, right at this moment, it's the only one that, that allows for dynamic ads to be inserted, meaning that if you if you have an ad and then you want to change it in the future, it's not tied to the recording. You could just add it in and slice it in uh, and interchange it. But we're going to be moving to Captivate as our host because they are uh, they just came out with this completely redesigned and update of their platform, and they're probably going to be the top one or two best podcast hosting. So those are a couple of software platforms that I would suggest people check out. I'm Marcus, and I'm done. Thank you so much. I love it. This is totally my jam. I love tech talk. Um, what do you see for the future of your podcast? Like if anything was possible and sky's the limit and you could have whatever you want happen with it, what are your big goals and dreams with, uh, with your shows? Uh, I'll, I'll jump on that just because I am about to start my third season. Um, I've recorded so much and I would like to just kind of continue on the path I'm going. I mean, in a dream world, I would love to have this as my job. And I'm going to school to become a licensed professional counselor. So if I could segue that into running a show as a licensed counselor, I think that would be amazing and really check a lot of my boxes. Um, in, in addition to that, this whole last what 16 months now, has taught me to widen my array of guests. And it's a show that started, like I said, as interviewing my Facebook friends. And while, you know, that opens me up to over a thousand episodes right there, I, I've started interviewing people like I interviewed Elise, which will be out at the end of the summer. And I've interviewed uh, countless people that I did not know before I interviewed them. And uh, Milton in the audience. and. I'm trying to look. Is there anyone else on the audience I've interviewed? I've interviewed a lot of people from Clubhouse in the last couple of months. But it's it's been really amazing because even though I was listening to other stories that weren't my own, I was still listening to the stories of the people that are kind of, you know, one degree of separation from me. People I knew from school or work or friend of a friend, whatever that looks like. And now I'm interviewing people or I don't know you at all. And usually it goes fine. You know, sometimes people don't expect uh, me to ask questions that I ask, but that just means they didn't listen to the podcast before I interviewed them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to short answer that, even though I have not short answered it at all, is to make this my, my job. That would be amazing. Uh, you know, I have better health as a sponsor already, and it's really just about growing it and keeping it what it is, you know, without growing it, without losing what makes me enjoy it, essentially. Um, Justin, I'm done speaking. I can go. 
Um, so I guess I'm just going to share the little secret project I'm working on because that's going to impact that question. So the Four All Drinks podcast is actually ending in the next two or three or four weeks, kind of this last season. Um, and the reason why is that I, along with 11 of the top non-alcoholic beverage brands in the U.S., from Athletic to Liars to Ritual to, um, to Naughty, uh, Partake, uh, we're in the middle of launching um, the first non-alcoholic beverage trade association. I realized about probably like eight months ago that there needed to build some, in, there needed some infrastructure and support for all these brands. Um, and then one of the main things is we want as many people to know about these non-alcoholic beverage options, but brands and these amazing entrepreneurs are having to educate consumers and make products at the same time. And it's, if we can remove that burden off of their shoulders and provide a voice for the industry, um, as well as there's a lot of really interesting government and regulation and legal things that are happening where you can't ship non-alcoholic beer to certain states because they consider it beer. Um, we want to make sure that large alcohol companies don't try to force non-alcoholic beverage brands to uh, uh, adhere to the three-tiered system, which is producer, then distributor, then kind of on-premise or whoever, wherever they're selling it. Because um, that would essentially um, for non-alcoholic beverage brands, direct to consumer. So, um, so I'll be the CEO of this non-alcoholic. Um, it's going to be called the Adult Non-Alcoholic Beverage Association, and we use adult specifically because it's focused on adult beverages um, versus like water or lemonade or tea. So the podcast is actually going to be on high, uh, on a pause, and I I actually have to close for all drinks because it's a conflict of interest for me to run both. I can't make money on four-all drinks and then serve the, serve the my new bosses, which is going to be all these non-alcoholic beverage brands. So I'm folding and donating all of four-all drinks and everything that we do, and that's going to continue on as the association. And then the podcast is going to be launched um, within the association. So we're going to have um, nonalcoholicbeverages.org, which is going to be the association, and then we're going to have a consumer-facing kind of site, most likely uh, nadrinks.org. Uh, and that's probably going to be the renaming of the podcast. And once we do that, the podcast is going to retouch base with a lot of the people that we interviewed in the previous seasons. And then we're going to start interviewing um, a lot of the newer brands that are emerging or popping up. So so that is where, uh, where For All Drinks is going to be going. It's going to go a little transformation and we're going to have a lot more resources to really one, accelerate the overall growth of the space, but also resources to start doing events and start doing a lot more in-depth content and a lot more fun things for consumers. So, um, yep, that's where the podcast is going. I'm Marcos, and I am done. Marcos, I just got to, sorry, I got to comment on that because I live in Michigan, one of the states that does not allow the shipping. I'm also, I also have a change.org petition to get those distribution laws changed within Michigan and change the definition of non-alcoholic beer uh, within the legislature. So I would love to reach out to you and, and work with you on some of this stuff because this is what I spend entirely too much of my time doing. So that's yeah. awesome that you're doing that. I'm so excited. Let's definitely connect. That's, so, so the board chair who I've asked to be the board chair is actually Bill Schufelt from Athletic Brewing. So I'm going to be working very closely with him. And there's a lot more non-alcoholic beer regulations than all the other non-alcoholic beverages. So we're going to be kind of doing a federal and a state strategy to make uh, non-alcoholic beverages as accessible as possible for everybody. So yeah, that'd be awesome. We should definitely connect. Yes, this is what it's all about. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see the evolution of this um, come about. And I love I love seeing everyone connect on this platform. It's so cool. Uh, Chelsea, what about you? What does the future of your podcast look like? So the future of any which way, it's literally on hold at the moment. Um, I think the the new podcast that I'm coming out with, Nick is going to help me like produce it and be more in the background. Um, he just doesn't have uh, the the dream of, of podcasting and, and going into comedy and, and everything that, that like I really want to get from um, – the podcast and like the opportunities that you get um, through that medium. So he's Nick is helping me 
um, with the new podcast and, and we're working with that. Oh, you guys are just, I mean, talk about big dreams. And I, I mean, I can only speak for myself when I think of, you know, uh, where we all were uh, when we were drinking and using and then kind of having too much time on our hands and then wanting to share stories. And you guys all have just like a gift for kind of keeping people's attention and figuring out um, topics. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's just so exciting to sort of like hear you guys at the beginning stages. And then like what just said, the next couple of years to see like really where things are taking off, even though beginning stages can look something like, you know, a couple of years in the making, but you know, where are things going to be five years from now? So, I mean, all this stuff, it just gets everybody so excited. So thank you so much for kicking this off and, and for, um, you know, really showing us how it's done. And uh, I have a question about past episodes for you guys um, and how it relates to like the outside world. have responded to maybe your podcast personas and then maybe if you know I think Elise and I have run into this and I don't know about Brooke but um when we've been on particular podcasts we feel you know as guests we feel really open and we've shared stuff and then family members have come on or friends and been like wow I didn't know that about you I've known you for your entire life um and seeing if maybe uh you guys have any similar stories or similar similar experiences about kind of sharing too much of yourself or sharing a podcast persona that wasn't quite in line and maybe how it's gotten you in trouble or how you've grown. And uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a warning for anybody who wants to start their own podcast, but I sometimes feel like it's a little bit more of an overlap between um, people in recovery with a podcast versus somebody just with a podcast. But maybe that's not necessarily true, but this idea of sharing ourselves with um, the public. Um, Justin, why don't you take it away? Oh my God. I have so many thoughts on this. Um, So as I was interviewing people, throughout my first season and and part of my second season, I kept getting asked by my guests, like, when are, when's someone going to interview you? And I would always chuckle away at that sentiment. And I, I was, I'm pretty open about sharing stuff, but there's a few things that I would very specifically take out in editing. Like I would say it during the interview as part of a, uh, you know, a, open up to the guests be like, I, I can talk about this. You can talk about this. Just creating that empathy. Um, and then finally, I d- agreed to be interviewed for my own podcast, which sounds like I'm super full of myself. <laughs> but I Justin, I'm okay. baffled that you're sharing right now that you edited out some of your most vulnerable parts on your podcast from you. I didn't even realize that was an option. My, my jaws dropped. You just can't see it. Well, so there, I'll, I'll circle back and give you a full whole story here but when I got interviewed by what I did is I picked five guests that I had one of them is a a licensed therapist and I had them interview me and then I edited that down to one episode Um, so that way I got questions from all over the board because different people know you in different ways so some people are going to ask you about some stuff some people are going to ask you about other stuff so the big I don't know reveal sounds like a freaking circus tent or something but the big thing that I discussed on there that I had discussed with previous guests in person, but not via the recording, uh, was that I was sexually abused as a kid. And it was a one-time thing, but it's you know, still sexually abused as a kid. And I was so concerned about releasing that information. And I don't, I don't really know even now looking back why I was so concerned about releasing it. Um, you know, you tell yourself these narratives that like someone's going to say, so, like someone's going to say something really just terrible. And no one ever says that terrible terrible thing people can still be awful but when i released that episode i did get two negative reactions and one was from my best friend who called me right after he listened to it and i was expecting him to be like oh my god i didn't know that it was crazy uh instead he was like hey you called me an asshole at the end of the episode you told me everybody about that time that i was doing blah 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 so it's like that was 20 years ago he's like yeah but you said it was asshole. Didn't mention anything else about it. Um, and then my, my, my mom listened to it and her reaction was, uh, she was so hurt that I didn't t- tell her first. And she went on for about an hour about how it affected her, uh, and never asked me anything about the experience. Um, so I was like, Oh, well, there you go. Lesson learned. But to circle back, uh, that's what I was taking out. So sometimes that would just come up organically in some difficult conversations and, 
it's important to me that if I have a shared experience that I can give to somebody to let them know that they're not alone in that, um, I will, I will offer that up because that's, uh, I think it's only fair in that, in a conversation setting like that, you know, if you're going to give me the most vulnerable version of you, I'm going to do the same for you as the host. Um, and I think that's what makes my show special. So that's, that's uh, I, the only things I take out now are just stories that I've repeated time and time and time and time again that I know my regular listeners are bored of hearing. So I take those out in editing. But other than that, I do not, I do not edit myself. I am an open book. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for <laughs> Justin, I'm sorry. I had to make fun of you, and now I have to apologize. So thank you for <laughs> for letting me do that. <laughs> we have to. I just really want to hit that ten up real quick. I just want to make that amend for for uh, rousing nice. you. And thank you You're so good. much for <laughs> for sharing that uh, in this this setting. Um, I appreciate that. Um, Mark, what's your Chelsea? Um, any times where you shared some stuff that maybe you wish you hadn't, or that change relationships. I, you know, I really resonate with that story about uh, the best friend, Justin, um, calling you and you sort of being like ready for that phone call with support and it being totally different. Um, but tell us your Marcos, anything that you've re- revealed or either maybe new relationships or people that you didn't know were listening that had listened and then decided to reach out, um, kind of the, the fingertips of the internet, um, you know, reaching people that you never thought they would. I definitely have, um, I've made closer friends with people like who, you know, were closer friends with Nick, like that started to, um, listen to the podcast and stuff. And so like my personal relationships have actually like grown from the podcast. Um, but the, the scary stuff with the, with the podcast, I didn't realize how often I say the word like. Um, and, um, until I listened to the first episode and I realized like when I'm nervous, I say like, like a valley girl, like, like I'm doing right now. And, uh, (laughs) and my dad actually like months into us doing the podcast, like once we put it out, um, he like admitted that he was listening and then I was nervous. I, I didn't even fathom that my father would be listening to the podcast because I felt like I was honest um, on the podcast. And I don't remember, I would listen back one time. um, But I have such like ADHD, there is no like filter and things come out and and it's scary, but it's really helped me find my voice. Um, You know, and I, you know, our podcast is more of like an improvisational conversation. So you know, Nick and I are just just recording the same type of conversations that we would have together. Um, you know, these long form improvisational conversations, and that's really how that podcast is. And the next podcast is like more is more structured, and you know, it's just given me um, such a boost because I found Chelsea. <laughs> I love that. I love hearing that. Um... I, you know, for, for, I mean, with my podcast and the For All Drinks podcast, people, for the most part, don't get super vulnerable in some instances. I mean, they do about certain aspects. I will ask them about kind of their entrepreneurial journey, but it all kind of just varies on the different reasons why they all started um, non-alcoholic, their non-alcoholic beverages and not at all, I would say probably from what it sounds like, uh, from, what, from me remembering, it's not too many of the entrepreneurs that founded the beverage that brand actually kind of came from the sobriety space, but there's one in particular, which was Jeff Stevens from, um, from a uh, well-being. And he was very open and honest about his uh, journey. And then he ended up asking me about my own journey and I kind of have nothing to hide. And, and I think the other uh, time was when I went on to the sober curious podcast with Ruby Warrington and just shared my own journey as well. And I mean, I don't really, um, I'm not really bothered by what people think about me. So it wasn't, it's just by nature and however my personality is. So I feel pretty good about being um, open and vulnerable about, about pretty much anything. Again, like I'm an open book and I love sharing not only kind of my insights or my thinking, but also my failures. If, if I 
and hopefully if I've learned from them and if someone else can gain any kind of insights or learn from any of my failures, then I'd love to share them. I think, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough balance, right? Because there's strength in there uh, to be courageous and being open and vulnerable. And when you're in that state of vulnerability, it opens up the opportunity for others to be vulnerable. It provides that permission and that leads to much more trust and, um, and openness in a relationship but you also don't know, especially in kind of in this world of podcasts where so many are listening, you also don't know where th- those people that are listening are at on their own journey, whether that's with alcohol, whether that's just being intentional or conscious or mindful or st- different states of values. So I think in some instances, it, I, I, if you're still at the beginning of the journey or you haven't told people, it, you might be want to be mindful in terms of how you, of how and what you share. But for me, I always lean on the side of just openness and, and, and being uh, vulnerable. So uh, I'm Marcus and I'm done. Uh, you guys are all vulnerability angels. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Well, we've done a great job of manipulating the stage tonight to be just us asking questions. So if there's anybody in the audience that would like to come up and um and ask any of our guests questions or uh, pop Brandon, you guys are on the stage. If you would like to ask a question, now would be the time. Sure. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Well, so since joining the recovery community on clubhouse, I have so many new friends and half of them have podcasts and I'm still get, trying to get caught up on all of them. So uh, I guess for each person, like what's a good entry point for your podcast, like maybe a high watermark interview or um, uh, episode or like the, the most downloaded or just, uh, yeah. Uh, one you'd recommend. I'm going to, I'm going to keep with the theme of me jumping in first. Um, uh, I'll say Brandon, Mine would either be start from the beginning. Um, I really do believe in all the stories, uh, except for like three, but we won't talk about those. Um, no, but seriously, the, I mean, the, right from the beginning is a girl talking about her relationship with her addict parents. And uh, I mean, for shock value alone, there's some insane stories in there. But then, you know, she talks about how she coped with that. So, I mean, anybody who's a child of an addict is going to get something out of that episode. But my most downloaded episode is number nine, which is with a friend of mine who has a non-binary kid. And due to our relationship, she kind of let me ask all those questions that you may have in your mind and are super uncomfortable asking because in most settings, it would be inappropriate to do so. And that episode has been played for like classes to teach them about tolerance and, and and. Like that's one of my most proud episodes. It's not even my story. It's just the use that, that people have gotten out of that to learn about uh, non-binary people and and offer support and knowledge. And yeah, so one or nine. That's where I would say start. Thanks, Brianna. Justin, I was positive that you were going to say it's the three-part series on sex with Jenny. I was I was so excited about it. But of course, now I need to go. Part four is coming out soon. Uh, and, it, and it's about what we uh, shouldn't be learning from pornography. <laughs> oh, there it, it's so good. The the topics are so specific, and I I'm I'm learning so much. And part of what I'm learning is how you handle awkward conversations. It's great. I love it. Katie, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> Is it weird that I'm a little jealous right now? At least you got to compliment specific episodes. I'll love you too. <laughs> well, now that I know, I noted, noted. At least introduced me to your podcast. So this is the, where it gets weird. That's it. At least own it. It's partly your fault. I am the Kevin Bacon of sobriety. Yes! Um, I would say a couple of them uh, for the For All Drinks podcast, if you're wanting to get a sense of the overall um, space, is non-alcoholic beverage space. So the first one with Bill Schufelt, who's the founder of Athletic Brewing. Um, one, I mean, that one, just because one, they're they're driving the entire non-alcoholic beverage space. Uh, they have about 43% of the non-alcoholic beer market in the U.S. But Bill is just such a 
fun, calm, um, steady person, but also is super passionate about what he's doing. He doesn't ever call his customers customers. It's always about community. He He's very kind of socially conscious minded. They're doing some amazing sustainability work to try to get their brewery off um, and have zero carbon footprint. So I'd say that one is great. The one with Mark Living from Liars, we really geek out on the science of, of non-alcoholic spirits and how it actually takes much more time and energy to make non-alcoholic spirits and resources because it's pretty easy to make alcohol compared to having non-alcoholic spirits taste really well. Um, and then I would also say Chris Marshall was a really great conversation as well. And his perspective from um, from uh, just being in the person that serves non-alcoholic beverages and uh, his take on community building as well as his own journey. So he was a really, really fun interview. So I'd, um, I would also start with that one. And, and Brennan, Brennan, I would also think that that might be the first one because Chris is just an awesome person. And he, we really talk about the overall non-alcoholic beverage space and how it ties in with recovering sobriety. I am Marcos and I am done. So our, um, I guess our most downloaded podcast is a podcast that we did with a, um, with a couple of friends of ours as well. Um, and it was like a combined podcast with, um, there's another podcast called Sorry for the Weight podcast. And it's all about like a weight loss journey. And these Seth Strawberry and Nick all worked at the same like summer camp together. And, um, and it's just like the most downloaded one because they do have a quite the following and um, it's it's really funny. And Brandon in particular, I'm just going to read you the brief description because I know like there's at least one word in here that you will like. Uh, on the episode of the podcast, Nick and Chelsea are joined by South and Strawberry from Sorry for the Wait podcast. We talk about Ellen drama, Britney Spears, Game of Thrones, Cuties on Netflix, Community body positivity and the relationship between mental health and over and under eating. Um, it says being vulnerable on a podcast and more. So I feel like that was our, that was the most fun too. Cause it's like a couple of hours and it was all four of us and we were recording it, um, you know, remotely, but it was, it was great. Love that Chelsea. You know me so well. And, and Justin's a community person as well. We have an episode called The Darkest Timeline. <laughs> what? Well, that's my starter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. A uh, follow-up question uh, for Marco. So I'm also a Monday Gin fan. Uh, but you rec- recommended. Um, have you tried the new Monday Whiskey? You know, like, uh, What would you uh, recommend from them? I, I do like the, the Ritual brand uh, whiskey. Um, I'm also huge athletic fan, fan of that. In particular, the all-out um, flavor that they have. If there's anything similar out there you can recommend? Yeah, I have not tried the whiskey because it's been, um, I think it's been pulled out or it's been hard to get a hold of. But if it's anything like the gin, and I, I interviewed uh, I interviewed Chris, uh, the founder, right before they were about to announce it. And he was telling me, like, he, he was super excited about it because it's even uh, a better tasting spirit than the, than the Monday gin in terms of, like, uh, being just as good as a normal whiskey. Um, so I have not tried it, but another gin that I would recommend that's slightly different than, than Monday is called Sobri. It's based out of Canada. And that's another one that I would, I would drink straight, but the gin, the NA gin and tonics that that makes are just unbelievable. The all, the, the beer space, I unfortunately have not had a chance to try that many because I am allergic to gluten. And there actually isn't a gluten-free beer in the U.S. There is gluten-reduced, and, and I Surreal has some gluten-reduced ones that are awesome, and I would recommend the Surreal Brewing for sure. Um, I've tasted a few of the other ones that are just taste test gluten, and they are awesome. So I would check out check out um, Surreal. They have some really, really, really good beers. I am Marcus, and I am done. Well, this has been such an engaging conversation. I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing from each of our guests. So everybody, let's get blinky and thank them for coming and sharing their knowledge with us. Um, as a reminder, this conversation, ah, yes, Brooke. 
for the win. As a reminder, this conversation was recorded, and we will get it up on the Sober Pop, the Playback podcast within a couple days, kind of when we get around to it. But you can check out um, all the conversations we've been recording since, I don't know, ladies, April, March? It's been a while. Um, but we've been having lots of fun. For those of you that were not here at the beginning, um, the calendar is up on the, the SoberCurator.com for the rest of the month. And we will be having the return of the Sober Comedy Show with four new sober comedians uh, at the last Wednesday of this month, which I believe is the 28th. Well, that is all the time we have. I hope you all have a great evening. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us at Sober Pop. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for being such great podcasters. Bye. Woo! Thank you. Thank you.